This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, we recap the black-ass black joy that was our live show at WNYC's The Green Space with Michaela Angela Davis before playing what will go down in history as our most epic live podcast taping ever to happen before our next live podcast taping. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. This is Bad Dominicana, and you are listening to the amazing, brilliant Tea with Queen and Jay. <laughs> and we're black all the time okay cool what's up nothing what's up with you i'm good i had a really good week coming good. off the live show that is good feeling juiced feeling pumped you sound really juiced and pumped you mm-hmm. sound like you're on roids <laughs> i'm not on roids just trying not to sound tired because it's super late yeah all right, you ready? Yep. Cool. Welcome, Welcome to, to Tea with, with Queen and Jay. We, we are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with, with Queen and Jay. Ew. All right. Yes. Communal hours. Yes. So if you'd like to follow the conversation being had on this podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag Tea with QJ. Um, use it on all the social medias. We love when you do that. We retweet that shit. We like that shit. And yeah, use that hashtag. Also, use the hashtag pod in. That is a listening now hashtag. And it allows other people to see that you are listening to Tea with Queen and Jay. You're motherfucking right. Mm-hmm. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Tea with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr at Tea with Queen and Jay. And you can check us out on our website, Tea with what? Tumblr. <laughs> is that how I said it? Oh, because oh, we didn't know. We're yeah. not posting city pics and stuff, though. So we're safe. No, I'm just saying it's why I go there. Yeah. Why? We don't want to go there. Visit our website, teawithqueenandjay.com, and you can send us your T-mail at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. You want to tell the people what libations are? Yeah, so libations are where we pour some for the homies, the ancestors, the people, places, and things that give us black-ass joy. This is where we pour libations. That's right. And as you know, we're just coming off of our live motherfucking show. Tea with Queen and Jay live. Yo. It was fucking lit. So we mainly want to take this time to give libations to that shit and mm-hmm. that experience because mm-hmm. we have the live show attached to this episode. So mm-hmm. you're going to get to hear it if you weren't there or if you were, you were there and you want to listen to that shit again. Because it's amazing. It really, really is. There's lots I of gems still, in there. Like now you can take notes and shit. Like it's, 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 a, it's lot. a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe that we got to do that shit. How do you feel about the live show? I feel like um, I'm going to change my number now because. Mm-hmm. You're popping. Well, we were always popping. Right. But people started creeping in my phone. It was like, what the fuck are you doing here? Okay, that's strange. Um, strong. So I brand. feel like I have to be on my I don't know her game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. It was only three people, but uh-huh. that's a lot. Right. <laughs> that's but yeah, but no, but it was an amazing experience. My mom actually came. Everyone knows that I thought she was flake. She didn't. She mm-hmm. came through and was like really happy and proud to see like my work. So that was really cool. Libations to my mom. Everything was amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything was fucking amazing. It was perfect. It's like I couldn't have imagined it to be any better than it was. Like it went perfectly. I did cry i did hope not to the do whole that. time yeah the pretty much the first 40 minutes and like the last five minutes i definitely cried at least that much yeah my mom asked if you're okay yeah i don't know if i am or not but 
that's that's my reality that's what it was for anybody who doesn't know if this is your first episode of tea with queen and jay podcast we recently did a live episode a live show a live taping of the podcast at wnyc's the green space Mm -hmm. and we had a special guest image activist and writer Michaela Angela Davis and I still can't believe that we got to talk to her for like an hour like over even an longer hour. because yeah. we were talking in a green room yes for about 45 yes. minutes yes and then it was like oh yeah we gotta do a show yes so then we I talked again I am still in disbelief that that night even happened when she was talking in a green room I was just like listening I was uh-huh yeah. <laughs> uh, you didn't notice uh-huh yeah it was oh, good yeah, right. have you re- no i've never done that before right oh okay it I was, was like, it was really good I'm like just receiving i don't have nothing to give i'm just gonna receive it was really good <laughs> sister girl talk and and i held it together in the green room because mm-hmm. at first they came they were like we would we were um on stage doing a run through and yeah. they're like oh, okay michaela's here she's in the green room i was like okay <laughs> And Queen had some stuff she needed to do before going back to the green room, but I was yeah. done and I was kind of just like loitering near Queen because I wasn't ready to say hi to Michaela by myself. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I've, I have met her before mm-hmm. in passing, but this yeah, is the first exactly. time that she has met me and known that my name is Janicia. Like I have met yeah. her at places and, mm-hmm. and I have also lurked silently around her. So I know that she has seen me mm-hmm. being a lurker at different places or whatever, but this is the first time I was going to be like, hi. I, you know, and she was like going to see me and like up close. And you were going to be in a room just with her. Yes. This is different. Yeah. So I wasn't going to go back there. And then I was like, okay, this is getting dumb. So <laughs> I'm going to pull it together. I think that's what you actually said. Like, I'm, I'm going to go back here. This is getting dumb. This is getting dumb. I'm going to pull it together and go back there. And I was good. And and she has amazing energy. She does. She has amazing energy. She it, None of this is like surprising. Like, she didn't disappoint in any way. She's everything and everyone that I um, know her to be as a personality. She matches exactly. Yeah. The energy she presents to the world is exactly the energy that she has. That's who she is. She's authentic and, like, it's not a game or a show or a performance. You know what I'm saying? at all. Yeah, so we had, like, good... It was nice. Hey, how are you? It wasn't awkward or weird. We had good, like, sister girl talk. You came back eventually and we had good sister Mm -hmm. girl talk. It was all all calm and chill. I was a little bit nervous, and I think I poured too much agave in her tea. Did a nervous pour, but outside of that, you told her, so she was. I aware. did give her a heads up, and I told you I was. I was about to say, Jay, are you? And you had already did it, and you mm-hmm. said it. I was like, oh, she did it. Yeah, it was an anxiety pour already. Yeah, like, but she drank it. I should have been in charge of agave. You should have. You're on agave duty next yeah, time. Okay, you are. Okay, but yeah, so that I'm was amazing. Give her the sugar. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you she works out she takes very good care of herself speaking of which mm-hmm. flawless flawless skin yeah healthy as fuck we're talking yes. about a woman who is over 50 and mm-hmm. she talks about her age frequently and yeah. often like to kind of demystify all that shit yep. flawless beautiful amazing like yeah i'm gonna start working out Okay, because I know that she works out and drinks the green juices, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. do those things because I need my skin to have the bounce back <laughs> that hers has. That's just like what I need. Oh god, that's what I need, yo. I feel you. I feel you on that. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, but she was incredibly dope, incredibly gracious, and she stayed and participated in like the pit and our tea mail mm-hmm. and all that shit that she didn't have she to hung hang around, around for. for like pictures. Yeah, taking pictures. She hung around for quite a while. 
we know that's a busy woman. Yes. It was really just mm-hmm. a blessing for her to be there. And I'm still like kind of living and like getting my life over it. I watched the um the video. I couldn't watch it. I watched some of the beginning uh-huh. because um my boo thing came a little late. Mm. So when we got home, <laughs> when okay. we got home All later. Right. Okay, we get it. You're <laughs> in love. Enough. When we got home later. He was like, babe, I'm sorry, I came a little late. I'm like, I know, I saw when you came in. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, Can, I want to see what I missed. So then we watched up to that. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to bed. But I really didn't want to like see it. Because mm-hmm. I was like, hey, okay, that's enough. <laughs> that's funny. You know, I yeah. think I watched it the next day by accident. I was doing a bunch of other shit and uh-huh. I needed to, I don't know why. I needed to look at it for something, for mm-hmm. reference or something. And then I just ended up watching the whole thing. And I just sat through it and cried all, all over again. Did. I'm just like, just literally, I cannot believe it happened. Did. And then, first of all, I love the green space. And I love the way they shot it. And I love the support that they gave us the mm-hmm. whole time. Like, they were amazing to work with. They were. Oh, my God. So, we say all the time, we've been to janky spaces and mm-hmm. janky things. Like, it was really nice to, we were, like, welcomed and, like, treated like... Yeah. Um, like like people, yes, like people, like human ass people. Yeah. Sometimes when you work in media and entertainment spaces, people have different like it gets classes, it gets elitist, and people have different grades upon how, which how they, they treat, treat you. you. Yes, yeah. based yes. on where you are on exactly the, the grading, exactly whatever. Yes, and they just treated us like people, and mm-hmm. they took care of like whatever we needed to make the show happen. Yes. They were responsive, they yep. were proactive. It was really amazing, and I would work it with was. them. Again at any time, yeah, so I, I definitely would too. Yeah, so that was super. And cool. they remembered us from Work It. That's right. Yeah, they was like, "Oh, we saw y'all." Yes, yeah. and I appreciate that because first of all, I know that everyone remembers us because yeah, we're unforgettable. We, number one. So stop pretending and, and you never us met in. us. Yeah. Stop pretending you don't know us. That. It's a lot, a lot of y'all that do it. Y'all be doing. Cut that. the shits, okay? When we remember you, we fucking say it. We do. So well, Jay does, and I'm not my husband. Right. Yes. I might not you don't remember, remember people, but <laughs> like. All of that, like pretending weird shit, it's unnecessary. So it's, it's, it's whack and wash. It's whack and wash. We need you to stop. Cut the shits. But yeah, so that was nice too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we saw you guys at work. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like yeah. just being like a human and Good treating energy. people like humans. Good energy. Yeah, so they had great energy as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. yeah. So that was fucking dope. And watching like the audience mm-hmm. enjoying themselves. Yeah. It was, there was so much love in that room. I, I really. That's really what made me cry, you mm-hmm. motherfuckers, because I was together. I was fine. And then I came out and y'all were like smiling and happy to see us. And it was a lot of people there. Then, let's not leave this out. What? You and your mom met eyes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and she be smiling. She was sitting right front. She's center. the most smiling ass New Yorker that I know. Okay. She's just a smiling ass person. Oh, gosh. She's just steady smiling. Oh gosh, y'all met eyes and, and it was, was a wrap. I was like, oh, she's proud of me. I can't oh, handle it. It's too much. I was like, thank God my mom is in the third row. Mm-hmm. Cause that's just how we do. No, my mother sat right in the front because I had to tell her it started at six or mm-hmm. else she would have been there at eight. So yeah. So she was actually decided to be on time this time. So she was sitting there since six and sat right up in the front. She was adorable. She also took picture duty. Yeah, she did. So she really, she like, did. at the end when everybody and came. And she cared about angles and stuff. But yes. She's, a few times she was like, stand no, this way. Cares. I was like, oh, okay. That's why I'm like that. Yeah. I will. I got, I got, this, I got this from her. We've been doing this since way back. 
yeah, just it was just so much love in the room, and people were there because they really fuck with us and like really fuck with what we do, do. Yeah, and. It was just, it was people that, like, I didn't talk to anybody about who was coming. I didn't ask my friends to make sure they were there. Yeah. It was just, like, everybody who was supposed to be there was there. Everybody, it Yo, was just, it Jay, was too much. Jay. It was too much. But the amount of, like, strangers. So, like, yeah. when you think about the things that me and, like, me and Jay are still building mm-hmm. this Tea with Queen and Jay brand. Right. So, like... A lot of our beginning things mm-hmm. when it comes to like having a live show or whatever, the people who come are being supportive friends and family, right. which Just is great. And we appreciate that. Bridge. But this, it was like, who is this? Mm-hmm. Who is this? Who is this? There was mad stranger danger in there. And yeah. it was loving. Yeah, it was and loving. it was kind. I'm a weirdo, so I was like, how do you know? Even right. though I know thousands of people listen to the show. Yeah. But who oh, What? It was fucking dope. And we knew y'all were coming because y'all were telling us, but it was still like, It was fucking dope it was people and we did um you know a lot of folks had time to like come and say what's up to us when you know before they left or whatever but there were people there who we didn't get to say hi to and i was looking at pictures later i was like oh snap they were there and they were there it was fucking great and there's some of y'all who bought tickets but weren't able to make it thank you yeah for thinking of us and like getting your tickets just in case you were able to come exactly we appreciate you we were able to give some tickets away that was cool yep it was, it was just, just dope. And then there was like people there that we knew but like didn't tell us they were coming. Yes. Which is like yes. cool. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It was like we don't need to talk about it. Like yeah. you just coming because you fuck with me and you support me exactly. and you like wanna see me doing what I do. And yeah. you love what I do and you wanna be there for it. Exactly. Oh uh, Are you about to cry? No, actually. Oh, okay, good. I've been good. crying for freaking two weeks. Um, so yeah, so oh, I'm good. I'm not gonna cry. Okay. So, yeah, like we said, thanks to the team at WNYC's The Green Space. Thank you again to Michaela Angela Davis. We're going to put all of her links in our show notes that you, yeah. so that you can stay connected to her. I really want to go to that hair exhibit she talked about. Oh, my goodness. I cannot fucking wait. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to start planning my February calendar now. Girl, you've already started. Yes. Yes. I can't wait. I can't wait. Thanks to everybody who watched um, via the live stream. Mm-hmm. That was dope. I wasn't expecting so many people to tune in like in real time and tune in live. So that was pleasant. Well, to... It's great that Facebook does that annoying thing where it says blah, blah, blah is doing live. Oh, true. That's right. <laughs> so I forgot that was, about I'm, that. I'm always usually annoyed about that I just shit. See, I see those. But I appreciate that feature. Yeah, that's true. I see those and I close those out. So yeah, I me too. But think like, about that. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're yes. right. So thank you to everybody who didn't close that window, who actually opened <laughs> it and watched it, it yes. and commented. Thank you so much. And thank you to our amazing photographers, Dom, who is always there for us. Thank you so much, yes. Dom. We appreciate you. You can check him out at sindaiganza.com. I hope I'm saying that correctly, but it's spelled S-I-N-D-A-Y-I-G-A-N-Z-A.com for all of his work. Yeah. And we'll put the link to that in the show, show notes. notes. Thanks to Danny, the homie from Danny and Cleo podcast of Beatric Film. He was there. He took amazing shots as well. And you can check him out at Beatric Film. We'll leave the link to that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. You can also check out his podcast, The Danny and Cleo Show, that he does with his wife, Cleo. It's fucking amazing. They're decolonizing marriage. It's fucking dope. I listen to it as much as I can because I love it. 
Thanks to Samira Powder, who is our makeup artist. We don't own her. She just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She does not belong to us. Yeah, she doesn't, but she's amazing. Um, and you can follow her on Instagram and her handle is at Miss Powder and, and Miss is MS, not M-I-S-S on Instagram. And we also did an interactive pay black women during the live show. So we had our, audi- our audience members offer different ideas for our paid black women. We got about three of those. So um, you're going to hear them, but I'm also going to leave the link to those in the show notes that you can donate easily if you choose to do so. Thank you to everybody who participated in that. That was incredibly helpful and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. You got anything else? No, I have anything. Okay. Do you have anything? Do I have anything else? I don't know. It was so great. Oh, we went to the Brooklyn Ear afterwards. Yeah, we went to the Brooklyn Air with lots of listeners. Yeah, we had a little after set, show, which yep. was like really, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Everybody, it, there were people there that like didn't know each other, but they were sitting around talking, yeah. enjoying each other's company and shit. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the other thing that I really like about doing live events, which sometimes I actually get like anxiety and I don't always love that whole thing. But I'm aware. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I really do love like when it's happening. And I see the community that shows up for us Mm -hmm. and the extension of like what we've built here. It really. It's important though, like the live stuff or whatever, or any events, Mm -hmm. honestly, not even just like actual shows, but like the other events we do. It's good to give FaceTime with these people. Mm -hmm. It's barely, especially because we live in this age where it's easy for you to like just keep everything digital and not really like do the FaceTime shit. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to have these little things where you are doing the FaceTime in real life stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and visually seeing community. Yeah, it's important. For us, even, and the people who are a part of the community that we build to, like, get the human touch. Like, that stuff is important. So, I like that we do have these kind of things where we're able to be, like, physical Mm -hmm. people, physical presence in people's lives. And then we get to kind of see, um, kind of in person the community that we're building and how our community is manifesting yeah so it's dope i love like, that i shit. always feel like that about everything we do yeah like, once we're in it i'm like oh i love this shit sometimes mm-hmm. before we do it i'm like yeah. but when we're in it i'm like oh no this is fucking dope yeah, it's this important. is dope it's important yeah and it's watching important. them engage with one another and knowing that for the most part like most of our li- because we try to nurture a safe space for the yeah. most part our listeners are safe with one another yeah you know what i'm saying because those are the type of spaces that spaces that we yeah curate and it's like yeah for them yeah that's just that's just it like don't come in here acting a fool because that's no. not the place you know no. like and i think that even if you are someone who's kind of foolish yeah you know not to do that here. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's important. I love that, yo. Mm-hmm. I had an amazing time, and I'm thankful for it. And so thanks to everybody who participated in that shit. We're going to put live link to the vid- the YouTube video in the, show in the show notes so that if you want to watch the, watch the visual, you can definitely do that. Yep. And that's all I think I have for the live show. Yeah, me too. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Okay. My second libation. Yes, mm-hmm. that was all a libation. My second libation, I went to see I went to see the new Spider-Man movie. How was that? It was amazing. I didn't even know it was a cartoon until someone said it. So I was like, I'm definitely not No, that. it's really, really good. I mm-hmm. feel like if you have ever enjoyed an animated anything, mm-hmm. 
go. Period. Like it, you don't. It doesn't have to be your thing. If you have ever enjoyed something that was animated, go and see that. It's beautiful mm-hmm. to watch. Like I was watch. It changes. The types of animation change, and it's not in a way that's like, oh, what are they doing now? It's all seamless, and it's visually stunning, and it doesn't feel like a stupid movie like they treat it like a real movie there's drama it's all type of shit Mm -hmm. and it's black spider-man is fucking black you know what i'm saying miles morales is black american and afro latino like it's fucking dope and all that shit also happens seamlessly it's not Mm -hmm. like they try to like cram you know like cultural shit in it's not sloppy it's not clumsy Mm -hmm. it gave me the feelings that I felt when I saw Black Panther, it gave me, like, I felt some of those things. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. it's important. And I, and I feel like when I haven't. Are you doing those spider web things in the movie? Like, whatever he does with his hands? What are you doing? That, that? not during the film. But... Well, you did that during Black Panther. You put your arms across Oh, because that so was just, because I had been preparing for that for, like, almost two years of my did life. did that and you cried next to me. So, I'm, I was just seeing. I did. If... I did cry. I went to see that with you Danny. Did I did cry next to Danny. Cried. I didn't do the spider thing. Because okay. I didn't know how serious it was but now that i know when i go see it again in 3d i will do the spider thing i'm gonna do all kind of shit in that next showing (laughs) (laughs) it was fucking dope but anyway i wanted to make sure i said it because i feel like it hasn't been enough discussion about it and preparation for it please go see it take your black and brown kids to see it take everybody to see it it just made me feel fucking good yo i really enjoyed the hell out of that shit and it wasn't also didn't feel like i was being pandered to it just felt seamlessly like a good fucking time so please go see spider-man into the spider-verse um i loved it if anybody wants to talk to me about it i'm also down to talk about it like 24 <laughs> 7 because i really had the fucking time of my life oh god i loved it i'm sure you can find people who want to talk about go it. see it so we can talk about it you're gonna okay. like it okay. no i know you're okay. okay i know you're okay but I'm... you're gonna like it so much okay i'm okay <sighs> okay. You want to tell the people about donations? If you would like to donate to Tea with Queen and Jay, actually, I'm going to tell you why you donate. So mm-hmm. your donations are what help us sustain this podcast, progress this podcast, and keep the lights on for this podcast. That's right. Your donations helped to us to put a live show on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Helped. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, what would you like? Your donations? <laughs> <laughs> I have my hands on my hips, Yeah, y'all. like, like Okay. fucking did yo that's what was gonna happen well that's you, was about to go you got me riled up when you said you were fine i'm good you good and you don't want to see the spider-man movie like, but it's whatever like it's whatever don't like that. it's whatever don't like okay that. donate to the podcast um yes so ways that you can donate first way is monetarily and you can go to our website twithqueenandj.com and there's where we have two options for two. you Yes, you scroll down on our homepage and we have our first option, which is our PayPal option. And that is where you can put however much you want, however many times you want, but there is no commitment there. And then our next option is our Patreon option. And we only ask for $2 a month. $2! We do ask for a little bit more commitment there because, um, like I said, $2 a month. So that's something that's taken out of your account every month. You can go. Higher or lower, that is to your discretion, but we are only asking for $2, and we appreciate $2. when you become a patron. That's right. The other ways that you can donate is by sharing this podcast, telling a friend, tagging us in those, what podcast do you listen to post? Mm-hmm. Giving us stars, giving us hearts. Stars. Leaving reviews. Hearts. 
Um, on Reviews. all of the apps that y'all listen to us on, we should have at least five on each of those apps. Like, okay. Do your damn thing. Let's mm-hmm. you know. Let's get this going. Hey, shoulder um, shimmy. <laughs> yes, let's get mm-hmm. this going. Let's get this going. And yes, those are ways in which you can donate. To That's right. Creator. This week we have um, we got PayPal donations from Wendy and Jeffrey. Both said that they couldn't make it to the show, but they wanted to donate tickets. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank we appreciate you. you. Those came through the day of the show too. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, that was perfect. Thank was you dope. so much. Also, we have new patrons on Patreon. Mm-hmm. We have Alante, Lucy, Ali. I'm not sure if you pronounce it Alicia or Alicia, but thank you so much, sister girl. Christina. Ke- Alicia Uptar Pledge. Yes, thank you. Alicia Uptar Pledge. Thank yeah. you so much. Christina, Keenan, and Michelle. Thank you all so much for becoming new patrons, yo. We thank appreciate you. that. Oh, that's a lot. Mm-hmm, yes. Come through. Come through with it. We also have an announcement. Our podcast homies, the Bag Ladies, are doing a live show on January 28th at the Green Space. Yes. Yes. Because we taking over one city at a time. We taking over. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, um, Bag Ladies, for anybody who does... What? Let me think of my sisters. They used to get mad at me because I used to say one city at a time. I used to say, pat a tay, pat a top. Because I was acting like booty tang. It ain't too good man to me. But anyway, go back to Bag Ladies. Our homies at the Bag Ladies (laughs) podcast. Okay. So our homies, the Bag Ladies, for anybody who doesn't know about their podcast, they're two Bronx Dominicans. Ahem. Afro-Latinas, just trying to be better and make you better too. Join them as they try to get rid of your baggage because deadass, that stuff is heavy as fuck. Dead. So I love their podcast. If you're not already listening to their podcast, please listen. They're on a break right now. So you have a good enough time to catch up up. and we'll put the link to their website in the show notes. We'll also put a link to their live show coming up. Like like we said, on January 28th at the green space, we'll put the link to that in the show notes. That is going to be on a Monday. And like we said before, it starts at a white man seven, which means you need to get there Mm -hmm. at six, six 30 to get comfortable, get your drink, go to the bathroom room and be there on time for when they start yeah because we taking over oh my god one show at a time ow, ow. i'm doing booty pops my tongue is out <laughs> <laughs> yes so be sure to check them out and i think that's it yo i think we're we ready to give you the live show if you have not heard that shit already if you haven't watched the live feed, this was an amazing, beautiful night. Uh, we hope that you can amazing. feel the energy through your fucking headphones. headphones it was whatever. a fucking blessing. This is okay. a moment. You know what else I want to say? This was a moment. No, I don't. Okay. I'm going to say it. I know what you're going to say it. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I'm going to say it right now. I want to give libations to everybody who... Everybody who watched the live feed and then like gave us feedback, Like that was great. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all did good. Yeah. Like, your tears were justified. Oh, I have another libation. Yeah, what's up? Yes, I don't know how I forgot this, but I wanted to pour libations for Lisa. Um, She is Black Woman Stitch on Instagram. Mm -hmm. She gave me and Jay's cute fucking gifts. I know Jay showed um, hers on our Instagram story, but, like, she made earrings without faces on it. My whole face. Two pairs of earrings with our whole face. I cannot wait to wear those every day shots of us mm-hmm. i'm about to say two different faces yep. we only have one face each but you know what i mean Two-faced. and the back of mine said bad bitch the mm-hmm. other side of you said not a lady yes 
so fucking cute. She made us spinny these scarves. Yep, yep. She gave us a card and wrote a note. It was just oh really, really special. Goodness. So I just wanted to make sure that we poured you libations because we really appreciate that. I'm just so thankful. You took a trip. You took a trip and got us some gifts. Dude, people traveled. People got on planes, buses, Trains. drove. Danny drove from wherever he lives. Baltimore. Like two hours. Oh, no. That's not where he lives. No, he lives in one of those, like, like Pennsylvania. Yeah. The forgotten state. I was thinking state. of someone else. Someone else came from Baltimore. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That was uh, Tacumbo. Yes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like. Whoa. What? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Motherfucking thank you, yo. I wish that, like, there are too many people and too many names for me to, like, specifically um, yeah, shout like anyone out. Yeah, I feel like those people out. at award shows would be like, oh, my God, I don't know any names. I don't know who to thank. You know yeah. how many? There's just so many right. people to I thank do, yes, for the work. Yes. And they can't ever remember no one's name. And I'm like, how you can't remember no one's name? I get it now. Well, I actually, I do remember everyone's name. I just can't. I, I don't want to. I don't. Right. I don't want to start for fear of missing... One or and two that could people. be another reason why they say that though too. Yes, like true that. Yeah, you're right. I can't you're just right. Leave somebody out. Okay, I'm gonna just say that. We. I wish I could remember. You're always names giving right people now. all the facts, and information. Wish, See, because actually, I'm an extroverted thinker. I don't want to leave people out. I'm an extroverted <laughs> thinker. Here's the live show. Goodbye. <laughs> Enjoy. What's up? What's up? Oh my gosh. This hey is so y'all. bizarre. Hey y'all. Oh Wait, my gosh. Let me get my laptop open. Woo. I forgot how to open it. <laughs> Are my tissues here? <laughs> All right. Okay. You are ready. All right. Wow. This is fucking dope. This is dope. How's everybody doing tonight? Woo. I can't right. see y'all, but... I'm, I'm cool with that. I don't want to look at any I love more y'all. faces. It's, I it's too this. much. <laughs> it's too much. It's too cool. Wow. Um, how are you? I am. I'm gonna be for real, y'all, because y'all know I don't really get nervous. But I'm actually a little nervous tonight. Oh. Yeah. Feel a little butterflies and stuff. Okay. They cute. They cute butterflies. But okay. um, I'm, I'm nervous, and my eyelash is wiping my glasses like a windshield wiper. <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm gonna survive that. It's cool. It's cool. Um, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Once, well, oh, go ahead. Sorry. We're we're gonna. You want to do the the thing that we do? <laughs> yes. You ready to you do ready? It? Are y'all ready? Y'all ready to do it? All right. Welcome, Welcome to, to TV, TV Queen, Queen and Jay. Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is TV, TV Queen, Queen and Jay. Ow! Wait, I want to hear y'all out one more time, okay? One, two, three. Ow! Okay. I can't. It's too much. <laughs> you can't sit there. <laughs> you gotta go in the back. Somebody bring my mother to the back. <laughs> this is too much. Stop looking at me. Don't look at me. Okay. All right. Um. So basically, we're gonna, we're gonna do all the cool shit that we do on the show. We're gonna get into libations, tea talk. We're gonna do a moment in black hair. 
We are going to throw somebody in the pit. We're going to get into T-Mail. We're going to pay black women. What we want from you all, we want from you all is to have a good time. Yes, of course. Talk to us, Ashe, back and forth, call and response. Yes. Um, But we also want you to think of a paid black women. We want you to think of a black woman or indigenous woman in your life who who you want to highlight. It could be a black owned business. It could be a woman who you just know needs $5. It could be you. Okay. So think of one and we're going to have like two or three people kind of go into their paid black women. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag Tea with QJ, and um, use all the other hashtag, hashtag Pay Black Women. Um, and yes, do that. Um, also use hashtag Podden. That is a listening now hashtag. Um, but that is just a way for other people to know that you are listening to mm-hmm. this podcast. That's right. Do, um, I guess I'll get into... Uh, I could do that too. Okay, yeah. Can you tell the people what libations yes, are? Yes, so libations are where we pour some for the homies, the people, places, and things that give us black ass joy, okay? So this is the segment where we pour libations. And right. Jay, what are your libations? Uh, my libations are for all of you. So thank you Clap for yourselves. For libations to all of you. Thank you. Um, on, you a night, on a Monday night. Hey, on a Monday in the winter. Like, yeah. Okay, Barry. This he is, came out in the winter deal. on a Monday. Some That's of y'all right. took off for work. Some of y'all traveled. Traveled. Y'all left traveled. states to see me. Like, that's just, this that's is amazing. A lot. This is yeah, a lot. It's yeah, amazing. so libations to all of you. Libations to Queen. Libations to our guests who's coming out. So, libations to everybody. Yes. Um, we definitely appreciate you. And um, are you ready to get into the show? Let's get into the show. All right. Oh, All right. So, Jay. Yo. What kind of tea are you drinking? I'm drinking chai. Okay. It's delish. What are you drinking? I'm drinking chai also because I kind of just always copy off of Jay because it's just easy. (laughs) All right. Cool, cool, cool. It's easy to do. (laughs) What what are your pronouns? My pronouns are she and her. What are your pronouns? My pronouns are she, her, they, and them. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming... The same thing I've been affirming for a couple of weeks, if you've been listening to the show, I'm affirming that I will be self-employed, financially abundant, without trauma for the 2020, okay? So that is my affirmation. Um, what is your affirmation, Jay? Um, I affirm, as always, that I'm not a lady. We're not ladies, because no. I'm not a lady. That's Mm-mm. not That doesn't add up. We don't um, like that word. No, we don't like that word. I'm enough, and I affirm that I will be... Well, I am self-employed because I don't have a job. So <laughs> I'm going to be uh, more financially abundantly self-employed. self-employed. Gotcha. So I affirm that. And uh, without trauma. Yeah. So. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, so usually around this time, we... This moves, right? Okay. We, um, we shoot the shit. We talk our shit. We talk our talk. And we are blessed to have a guest Yes. With us this time. Um, yeah. Her name is Michaela Angela Davis. You all know who she is. She, her work is actually like the foundation for what we do and the way that we center black, black women, women in all things. This I can't. I said I wasn't going to do this. I got you, girl. I got you, girl. <laughs> um, she 
basically births a lot of the work that Jay and I do. Um, and even without us, when we started out, even without us knowing exactly what it was going to be, um, her message was just hugely a part of that and a cloth of what Jay and I created when we created this show. Um, so it means a lot to us that she is our guest and that she said yes and that she was just so open and that she is such a community-ass bitch and that she just loves us. She doesn't know us, but she loves us, and that's like real black love. Um, so we're just like really excited to have her here as our guest uh, for the live show. Yeah. Uh, so let's play that. Let's play a video, intro video. For, well, for anyone who doesn't know, actually, Michaela Angela Davis is an image activist. She's a writer. Um, and she is, like you said, a community ass bitch. So let's, let's play the, play the clip. What this whole mad free thing is, we call it liberating conversations. I'm Michaela Angela Davis and I'm an image activist. I thought it was important to kind of create a project that could start a movement because I would have these conversations where I'd go on TV and then it would be over. It's a conversation project that will exist on multi-platforms. It's about expanding these narrow narratives and starting repetitious, continuous, aggressive, communal conversations about who we say we are with revolutionary women whose work and lives serve to liberate us. The end result, I hope, is happiness and a sense of psychological and emotional freedom. I will sit at the feet of Angela Davis. I will sit at the feet of Sonia Sanchez. I will sit at their feet and learn and listen, but I also I have to, I have to know how we do it in this generation. Uh, T friends, welcome Michaela Angela Davis. Trick. <laughs> when you cry, look up, okay. and the okay. mascara won't run down. Oh, thank you. She had me looking up back there. I just wanted to run behind the chair. I was like, just, let's just look down. Let's just look. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, and thank you for agreeing to do this. I said I cried as I sent the email, of course, asking <laughs> you to do this. And just to get like a yeah, girl, win. Was like, yeah, it was it was very um wow. Just to give y'all context, we sent that email, it was like midnight. And Jay was like, Do you think it's too late to send this email? And I'm like, we don't know where she is in the world. We don't know what time it is, <laughs> where she's at. Just send the email. So she sent it and like literally maybe like uh, 30 minutes later, she was like, Yeah, time and place. Like, you know, let me know. I was like, what are you talking like, about? What? That is not how I expected this to go. <laughs> um, so thank you. Thank you so much thank for joining us. us. So like we you, said, you know what? I, I love us. Mm-hmm. I mean, for real. And when you said that in the in the intro, and I think I feel like that's all I ever want in my bio now. She loves black women for real. Mm-hmm. And so I see you. Don't see me. <laughs> <laughs> 
And not, not, seeing me. not only do I see you, I actively look for you. Mm-hmm. I've seen y'all at, you know, in the places <laughs> and also the hairs. But it it is um that's that's what I do. And I try to love us actively, openly, and in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. So and I try, you know, I really, really, really trust my gut. So when y'all said, I so yeah, I said yes. Yeah. And there's some like really fancy blacks that I will say no to <laughs> because because they not love, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a tr- this I, this is this is fortifying for me. You nourish me. So someone said yes. See, it's church. So. <laughs> It it is yeah it's reciprocal. Thank you thank for you, having thank me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yes, like we said, you're an image activist, writer. Just to give people more um, background, writer, founding fashion editor of Vibe magazine, former executive of fashion, beauty, and culture at Essence magazine, final editor in chief at Honey magazine, CNN contributor, fashion expert, cultural commentator, content creator, community mm-hmm. ass bitch, and that black one. hair priestess. <laughs> She just rewrote my bio. <laughs> Community asset. I'll send it. I'll send it to you. Thank I'll you. It to you. I'll give you um, credit. So yeah. So one of one of I, th- I think what makes you so important to us is your consistent centering of um, black women yeah. and speaking up for us and showing up for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we do, we are constantly and we we did a whole show behind uh, in the green room. Yeah, we oh, we did. Yeah. We did. We were just gonna tell y'all to come meet us back there. We did a whole show ready. But one of the things that we do in our work is our intention is to center ourselves and center other Black women, at, mm-hmm. almost at all costs. Yeah. So there are opportunities that we miss out on because we're not gonna shrink ourselves in order to um, fit what people are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna tone down. And I, and so sometimes people write into us and they ask us how um, how to navigate hostile work environments and places where like for us to be able to do that to the extent that we do it is a luxury right so i know everybody can't be um unapologetic in the ways that we are as creatives a Mm -hmm. lot of the time yeah especially because we're independent creatives right um so we do have a lot of freedom that someone who is in a different kind of media space does not have Mm -hmm. or cannot have so like Mm -hmm. how do you Navigate. How would you advise a black woman to navigate those spaces? So, first, it it's almost always an act of revolution to say that you love and you center black women. Period. Mm-hmm. Even now. So, however, I do think, particularly if you're young, you should get a mentor. Like you need to talk to someone who has. Um, been there and done that that's similar to you so it it is such a great honor to me for for me to hear that you've looked at the work that I've done and and sort of modeled some new work Mm -hmm. but the fact that I've done something that's kind of like this you saw a way to expand it for yourself Mm -hmm. so now we can be more official auntie (laughs) mentors because people got to eat. People want their bags. People want to, you know, live. And not everyone is called to be radical. Yeah. Out publicly. You can radically love black people and black women in your life, in your private life. And I recommend you do that because it is spiritually fulfilling to love black 
people and blackness unapologetically. However, if you're working at Morgan Stanley, mm-hmm. you <laughs> you know you gotta know when to you know when to have. It's like being in relationships. Like everybody shouldn't be making out in public. Like mm. I don't want to see you, <laughs> you know, kissing in. I don't like how y'all kiss in public. So. Mm. Um, it's kind of like that is understanding what context, where you are, and if the way that you are standing up and loving black people is for the liberation of us, or is it for, are you just uncomfortable? Is it your ego? Mm-hmm. Are you um, personally hurt? Those are not big enough reasons to risk your job or your life. Like it, it has to be, this is my record. This is just me recommending that if you ask yourself, if I step out and say this thing or call Becky out on this thing, Mm -hmm. will other black women benefit? Mm -hmm. If the answer, if you don't get a a yes, chill, wait, Mm -hmm. ask somebody, talk to your mentor, put it on hold, write about it, unpack it, like I think we really need to be more strategic in how we drag people, how we call people out. Because once you do that, then you're that. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't have the stamina, if you don't have the strategy, if you don't have the history of what you are part of, mm-hmm. then then you you could just blow your whole thing. And um, because most of the time, if you're 18, 19, 20, up to 35, I, I don't, what do you, like, you are, you're in the chess game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're, and I don't know if I need you as a revolutionary warrior on the front lines when you don't have enough life behind you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's a general statement because obviously we've seen some young people like get it yeah, because they're called and you know when someone's called. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you're just concerned Work with an organization. Mm-hmm. Like there's a way to work in in terms of our liberation that isn't about you navigating your own personal like life. Do I call out the president on Twitter? Like, wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle was banned from Twitter for calling out the president. <laughs> He's banned on all devices, all emails. They just, they got him. Um... But he's a grown ass man, right? He yeah. is a grown yeah. ass man. See, there's man. that part. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get some life yeah. before you. He's okay with it. He's right. cool with it. Yeah. He's probably got some cred from it now, right? <laughs> he's fine with it. Um, so you call yourself, you describe yourself as an image activist, mm-hmm. which is one of the terms that I frequently use. Good. And I know that it's, it's not, I don't think it's as common and as popular as it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. As a community, we don't often identify all the different types of activism right. and ways in which you can use yourself, you know, mm-hmm. for the service of the community. Can you tell us what an image activist is? So the way that I identify image activists is someone that um, celebrates, supports, elevates, creates and expands the narrow narrative of an image of a group. My group is black women. Right. Yeah. So most of the time I'm most I'm in a position of supporting or celebrating black women who are doing work or putting themselves out there in a way that does this expansion. Right. That lets people see more of us that lets because um, black women are a lot. We are like 
There's so much diversity in our diversity. Most people can't take the whole story of us. So the strategy has been then to silence us yeah, and to put us in the margin because y'all just too much. Like, mm-hmm. look at you. Like, that's a Don't lot. Don't look at me. <laughs> I keep trying to say. No, but I'm people, saying. Stop looking at me. So <laughs> this is what, what I'm like. This, and I'm just being like sugar free with mm-hmm. y'all. Like, this, this is very confronting. Yeah. To present, to just present, they don't even know what's in your brain yet. Mm-hmm. They don't know who your ancestors are. They don't know what your story is. They don't know how complex you are and and your capacity to understand injustice, your capacity to understand love, your capacity to understand the community, your capacity to understand fuckery is such a way, is so beyond most people that you're that you are um you are a threat Mm -hmm. black women's existence tends to be a threat to the blandness of america yeah (laughs) and so (laughs) we gotta clap to that one because (laughs) you know and what's what's so dope about this time is that saying something like that is is um easier because of the way now that we're able to communicate with each other mm-hmm. and the way that we've seen how the okie doke of the blandness and the power structure that they've sold most of the world. It's not just America that has been sold this sort of white male, heterosexual Christian, um, yeah, centering of like, this is the, like the, their institutions, their images, their thoughts, their science, their creativity is, the pinnacle and it's not it's not even fresh like and that's what you, I don't know if anyone's ever been to an Ivy League school but I remember it's so stale I remember the first when I got into like the, the most prestigious acting conservatory in the country mm-hmm. at the time I was the only black person there they did not know I was black but we gonna talk about that later right yeah, like yeah, not knowing what is black so I know where I am on the light skinned spectrum like I'm way over there <laughs> <laughs> Um, so and and people's vocabulary around blackness is very limited. They don't know how to look for us. They don't know what our if it's not straight skin color or hair texture. And I, you know, I I had um, finger waves mm-hmm. and they were blondes. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> it was in the eighties. I was very like new wave. Like so, they did not know I was black. Um, and I got into this institution, and I. I was um, educated in D.C. at Duke Ellington School for the Arts, and I was dope. We all were dope. Dave Chappelle, Michelle and Dago Cello. Like, we were, and I got to this school, and I'm like, that's all they got? <laughs> no, really. I was like, they've been, they've been telling us, like, yep, this is the place. They've been saying they're the shit for years. For years, and, and it's like raw chicken. And mm-hmm. the thing is, what well, the thing is... <laughs> I mean, there's a lot you could do with raw chicken, but <laughs> but the thing is, is that here's what I realized is that in order for me to get into their institution, mm-hmm. I had to know about all of their greatness, yeah. right? I had to know about Shakespeare. I had to know about the Greeks. I had to know about all of the great playwrights, yeah. right? They didn't know any, but they could not name one black playwright let alone i mean we had giants in literature and then here you are you get to teach 
you get to, and you know nothing about us, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what happens when you are a black, particularly a black woman, because then you got the gender piece too, right? Mm -hmm. And you end up in these white, male, heterosexual, Christian-based institutions. You come with so much more than most people because what you had to know to get there yeah. is way different than their journey. So I'm with all mostly white males in the in the conservatory, and I'm like, you don't know anything. You don't know about indigenous Americans. You don't know about me. You don't, you don't know about even women writers, right? So it was so surprising. And I'm like, I'm giving y'all all my money? Because <laughs> NYU was crazy at the time. So it was, so I'm still, unpa- some, is someone at NYU right now? Right. <laughs> but <laughs> but, my went there. but I think too. this this moment that we're in now is that we can say this stuff out loud. Mm-hmm. We can say your institutions aren't aren't mm-hmm. your politics aren't your identity is not and and the way that we've been able to arrange a whole globe around it mm-hmm. because it's not just here. You go to Brazil, you go to Taiwan. They are centering whiteness in a way as this is the standard. This is the cultural standard. This is the beauty standard. This is the this is the philosophical standard. Why? Mm-hmm. And then so how did I even get here? I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> we were talk- I was sitting here staring in your eyes. I wasn't taking and it all thinking- in. I was just I thinking, this is our auntie, in. y'all. So y'all, y'all listen to TV so- Queen and Jay. So this is our auntie. So y'all know, yeah. like, auntie, you know. I, y'all let auntie just go yeah. down that rabbit hole. Uh, we asked but- about image, image. Uh, image could you act- tell us what image, image activism, activism is? is? That's it. Yeah. Okay, I knew, I knew. <laughs> I'm like, how did we? I'm all I'm in like, the go off, and the- auntie. But okay. so. The narrow, the narratives of us mm-hmm. have been so um, suppressed and silenced. And I believe, and I'm not a conspiracy theory kind of like five percenter. Like I'm just not that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But after a while, you get to understand that some of it is intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not just oh, they just don't want to know. Especially now, and so and increasingly. I am discovering it is because of the threat of the capacity in which like Stacey Abrams shook, like she shook Georgia and she shook the country because you saw how incredibly prepared she is. Mm -hmm. Like how that's what a leader looks like. So in comparison, you are so diminished that you have to steal, that you have to, and they've been stealing. So none of this is new, like voter suppression, all this yeah. stealing and lying and killing us. Like we know that they've been hanging us and killing us with impunity forever. But now we are calling it out and we see, and we, you can see the con- the difference between a candidate like Stacey Abrams and the trash is in the white house. Now it's like, <laughs> like you can't deny it. Yeah. That woman is ready you know and so that is confronting to an, a structure that was designed for white heterosexual christian male success she's a threat mm-hmm. to all of that you're a threat mm-hmm. to that you're a threat to becky you're a threat mm-hmm. and so when you walk around in the in the world as both a threat and an inspiration because we are we're the moral compass we've been we have been doing the labor the moral, spiritual labor for this country since we arrived. Black women have been doing that work the most. Mm -hmm. So 
And many people know, particularly women, people in the movement. Women know that. Smart white women in the movement know. So here you are, both a threat and an institution. I mean, and an inspiration. You're a threat, an inspiration, and the only hope. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing yeah. for someone who has been, where everything is organized to protect you. White men have been organized to be for success and power and money. And white women have been organized to be protected by any means necessary. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so now that you're not really, your institutions are not protecting you, that patriarchy is not protecting you, white women are having a hard ass time. Yep. Yeah. And they're new to this it's showing fight. on their mm-hmm. face. So, and we got all the, we got all the history. Like we know we, the patriarchy, the bullshit been on our backs yeah. and we've been becoming Stacey and Michelle and Beyonce and Oprah yep. and Shakira, whatever. We've been, we've yeah. been surviving and thriving and becoming in spite of all that. And that's gotta be scary. Mm-hmm. Cause y'all, y'all having a hard time and you just, you just got oppressed 10 minutes ago. Yeah. They got oppressed and started knitting hats. In 2016. Like, feverishly knitting. Making so big anyway, hats and stuff. We got to make it bigger. <laughs> make a bigger hat. You know, that's what I, I mm-hmm. and I was, those hats was really ugly. nice. Well, you can't hats. fit an afro under that hat. Hello. So I know that. They know that. Y'all weren't thinking about afro puffs At under all. that. So At anyway, know. that's what image activism is. And I think so many people are image activists without giving themselves that name. Just their sheer presence, like uh, like Michelle Obama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like her sheer presence does so much to us politically and socially and sometimes, you know, and spiritually or you know, or Cardi, like some people, it's not even their work. It's their actual image and spirit mm-hmm. in a space. In a space that says they shouldn't have been in that space. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Auntie. Oh gosh. What do we say <laughs> after that? <laughs> well, I think, I think, um, something that I have always found interesting and, and admired and part of like knowing your lane mm-hmm. is, um, I think for us, activism through conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so earlier yeah. in our podcast um, careers, we were in the streets a lot. We mm-hmm. were we were always he using was, our voices. Yeah. But we were in the streets. We were getting arrested. Did we were it. doing those things. Yeah. In, in New York is a disclaimer because we know across the country, people are getting maced in the face and killed and, yeah. and whatnot for protesting. Protesting here is actually very safe. Yeah, I would, to, I would say so in New York. Yeah, comparative. Mm-hmm. Country. Yeah. Um, so we did that for as long as we physically could. Mm-hmm. And then it just got to be like, that's, we didn't feel like we were being our best selves in the mm-hmm. streets. And so we, more of, more of our activism is through conversation and on the mm-hmm. podcast and different events that we do oh, from yeah. that. And so, um, I think from you, I've learned the importance of that conversation, mm-hmm. the importance of, um, sharing with one another and the walls that we can break down mm. through language and talking. One of the things that you've done um, has been your hair tales and your house of hair. Mm-hmm. And you, um, I was looking, well, I'm your stalker. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched My you stalkers talk about, are fresh. You know, <laughs> I had watched you um, talk about your natural hair journey mm-hmm. and how you've been natural for 27 years, which mm-hmm. is um, an extremely long time for a lot of us who, a lot of folks, mm-hmm. you know, just went natural two years ago or three mm-hmm. years ago, whatever. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about that journey and your work with your house of hair and hair tails and all that sure. stuff. So it's actually been 28 years. 
Maybe a little bit more because tomorrow's my daughter's birthday. She'll oh, be 28 yay. years old. She's so fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, dope daughter. She just changed her handle from dope daughter to something like glitter in Brooklyn. I know. I, something. I've been watching. But I, I named her. Do- she, that was, she, she stalks enough that's, to know. You know, she had to like define herself because yes. mm-hmm. she was defined as dope daughter for a long time. Mm-hmm. So what ha- what had happened was. <laughs> you know um, that means a great story is about to happen. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's interesting because it wasn't as. It was more of a practical and safety thing, right? Because I was coming out of the 80s and my hair, my hair is so strong and resilient. And because it was light, I could cut it, color it. Like my hair has done everything. And particularly in the Mm -hmm. 80s, it was a big time for like, you know, finger waves and asymmetrical things and Kool-Aid freezes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was used to doing... Y'all know what Kool-Aid. Yeah, okay. I do. I felt it. Someone was like, oh, tell, like tell what us, she said? Tell us about hey, what did she say? I was with right. you. I was like, yeah, Kool-Aid. So, so, so <laughs> we go to any means to get our hair, to do <laughs> shit with our hair. Anyway, and that is, that is, um that's in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at ancient um, tribes and how they put clay in their clay, hair and yeah. raffia and extensions, like this is, we are compelled to create with our hair. It is a, a compulsion that is our ancestors. Like So Kool-Aid freezes where you could get like um, grape Kool-Aid or red, I mean, cherry. <laughs> no, it's red. No, it's red. We all knew what the you meant. The flavor is red. We all knew. This is a safe space. What is cherry? The what, flavor what is, is cherry? red. Kool-Aid, okay? I was, I said your hand if you ever drank cherry Kool-Aid. Not so I. Was, I was self-interpreting because I'm thinking of the listeners. Yeah. No, we said to, we black, said to women black women. We are outside of the red. community of like, what is red? Uh-huh. Red is cherry. Red, the flavor. Or strawberry. <laughs> anyway, so... So you know how um, Kool-Aid would come with the sugar already pre-mixed? So if you put that in your hair and um, flat-ironed it, the sugar would sort of melt and freeze it, and then the color would be in it. So you would get those, like, if you look in the 80s and see, like, different color mohawks or the waves, that was often you would use. It was a horrible thing to do to one's hair, Mm -hmm. but... um, (laughs) But it was great. We're so yeah. Like, when I was younger, people used to dye their hair with Kool Aid. That's mm-hmm. just yeah. blackness. Like mm-hmm. what? What you got? Okay, Kool Aid. <laughs> so right. <laughs> we, so so I had come out of an era of doing everything to my hair, and it was super fun. And it was it's a site of creativity that people don't get to police, and particularly mm-hmm. being in fashion and coming out of the eighties, it was just an amazing time. So um, I accepted my first pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so I had um, a doctor. I know, right? You heard that language? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, Mm yes. 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 So so I I had a doctor and he was very high end and, you know, on Madison Avenue, whatever. And I asked him, were there any neurological damage? Was there any neurological damage as a result of using relaxers? Because... I would often run a relaxer through my hair so it would be texturized. 
Mm-hmm. Y'all know what that yeah. is. So, so basically to and get it to look like it looks like now. Because, you know, 29 years ago, we didn't have the products. We didn't have the knowledge. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have like, oh, you run it through. And so in order to get a more sort of unified curl that wasn't as scary as a jerry curl, I would run a relaxer because <laughs> the drip is... <laughs> you we have we have Pain suffered for y'all. <laughs> I have dripped on the bus for you. Um, so I would I would I would so running a relaxer means you just put it in very quickly and, and rinse it out. So I asked the doctor and he's like, Oh, I'm not sure. Well, I'll I'll talk to you in the next visit. So when I came back, he had a stack of papers on his desk. Not about relaxers, about bleaching and permanents. And permanents are what white women did to create curl. All this study, all this research, there was no study, no research. There's still no FDA regulations around relaxers. Mm -hmm. And this is like really powerful um, chemicals that anybody can buy. A seven-year-old can go into any store and and get a a kit and that's it. And, and, and use chemicals on our bodies that no one is regulating. Mm. So I took that as a no thank you. It was kind of <laughs> like when microwaves first came out. Nobody can really explain to me like, <laughs> how my food me just too. got hot. I didn't have one for forever. And I'm like growing a person in me. So mm. I'm just no. Yeah, like, I wasn't raised with a microwave. So, so I decided at that moment, since there was no data, no research, that I would just not use it. And um, and so I shaved my head. It was so cute. I was so cute. Like I, <laughs> I just felt it was so efficient. It wasn't just that it was cute. It was efficient. And also, um, Astor Barber and there's a barber shop on Fulton Avenue. The finest dudes were like in the barber shop. <laughs> and, like, why did you like this is a strategy too? So I was in there with like. <laughs> Like all the beautiful men, like and the fashion kids were at St. Mark's Barber Shop and Fulton Mall were all a fine, but like it's fine, crazy. Anyway, so it was just efficient. I had more time, and, mm-hmm. but then a, a sister in um, D.C. Cornrows and Company was one of the oldest natural hair salons. Actually, did her own independent research, and her research showed that there is some neurological damage as a result of using relaxers, but for the practitioners. Meaning, mm. <clears throat> right, particularly for those who are d- doing hair in poorly ventilated salons, kitchen salons, mm. so they're breathing it in. So it's not so much that it's seeping into your, through your scalp uh-huh. into your yeah. baby. So I went through nine months and, and the pregnancy, and then I saw when Eleni was born, I looked at her hair, and we called it happy hair. And then I called it freedom hair, and I had realized that I didn't know what my hair looked like. Mm-hmm. growing out of my head like I hadn't seen my own hair probably in about 15 years mm-hmm. and I loved her hair it was just like boom it was happy it was springy it was cute and so I left my hair like so my my hair was looking like this in 90 91 and there was no, that was before Max actually I talked Maxwell into doing this um, <laughs> no real talk obviously. I did obviously um, but it was like before Macy Gray it was there was nobody doing this and what was so interesting is the re- the reactions mm-hmm. that I got like most of the dudes were like you know like that little nod fresh mm-hmm. fresh <laughs> like your hair sis uh, uh, you know <laughs> and some 
older, more conservative black women were appalled. Mm -hmm. Like, like, did you lose your mind and your comb at the same time? Like, <laughs> it was crazy. But when I went to Paris, it was like all the rage. Like, people like, oh, la 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 You know? So, so, and I, and I was a new fashion editor. So my blonde afro, like, got me into the show. Like, I was identifiable. And my mentor is Susan Taylor, right? So, you know, she has those braids, those yeah. iconic braids. And she, yeah. she told us that she was going to be buried in those cornrows. So I was like, oh, my God, I have a look now. Like, my, because I... Susan Taylor is the reason why I'm here. Mm. And when she has this, I, there was something about having an iconic hairstyle that was just, I felt like that's how you identify as like a serious editor, a serious black woman, like something that gives you a silhouette. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, right. Mm -hmm. I always wanted like a silhouette, something that someone could identify, oh, that's me. And um, so that's that's how... And now I love it. And also now there's just so many good products and tools that if I want to straighten it out, which I never do because mm. light skinned, mm -hmm. like <laughs> I never like my hair to be completely straight because it's blonde. Mm -hmm. So I'm this light and then I have blonde straight hair. Y'all mm. don't know. Like I get mistaken and it's weird and I don't mm -hmm. like it. Yeah. Um, but there's just so much versatility now without chemically changing our hair mm -hmm. and i'm not anti-chemically changing one's hair but i do think it should be done by professionals because it's dangerous and we there's no need to not have healthy hair now mm -hmm. because there's just so many products and so many black women and so much information that we're sharing with each other and that's what's so dope about the whole youtube sensation when it started over what 12 13 years ago mm -hmm. is there was no data before there was no sign we're not worth studying no. That's what I learned mm -hmm. from that. Like yeah. after all the and all the billions of dollars relaxers made for yeah. everybody. Mm -hmm. For black people, for white people, but mostly men mm -hmm. own those businesses. So nobody just cared to study or or have any regulations around this. So we did it ourselves. And that's what YouTube that's what this whole natural mm -hmm. hair yeah. the second wave of natural hair movement cuz this yeah. is like wave number 2 of y'all, you know, Nina Simone, Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Stevie went like there were people wearing cornrows and afros yeah. as a political statement as a movement before mm -hmm. and now this is the second wave mm -hmm. and it's natural hair that can do other things like look is it, do you all have any um chemicals in your hair no see look at all this fun <laughs> <laughs> look at all, you know what I mean? it's great because there's all this versatility in not having to manipulate um the actual um chemistry of oneself mm -hmm. and i find there's great freedom in not having to do that and so and i'm not like anti i'm obviously not anti-weaver or even and again i'm not even anti-relaxer i just i just would like that black women are making a decision about their hair from a place of knowledge of oneself because we're so used to being you know, going in a chair and having someone do my hair, just fix me, fix it, without even knowing what you're starting from, having mm -hmm. no knowledge. Like, I've seen women not even know how beautiful and strong the texture of their hair is mm -hmm. because they just started getting relaxes at 12, you know, and then just kept going. And then it's revealed to them. And that's nothing, but I'm, I'm stuck on Stacey Abrams because I think she's dope. Mm -hmm. But she made a, a very 
clear decision to have her hair natural and show it natural mm-hmm. and be in this place of leadership with this kind of, it centers you in Africa, right? Like it centers you as a black person mm-hmm. yeah. and it connects you to black women all over the world. That's what our hair does. So that's the metaphor of all my work around hair is around using that as an organizing principle for black women's identity. And because it is the thing, whether you're from Dakar or Detroit, whether you're Oprah or Shaniqua, you got a story about your hair. Yeah. So in all the study of black women that I've done and how diverse we are, mm-hmm. this is the one sort of thing that connects us. So in the same way that Eva Ensler did the vagina monologues and had these hundreds of conversations with women about sexual violence and creating narratives around that. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing with hair. It's like mm-hmm. having conversations and getting personal stories about our hair and creating narratives around it, but mm-hmm. also complete worlds mm-hmm. because it's us. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, so the house of hair, I'm so excited about this. So house of hair, we did a, a small pilot, um, at uh, in Brooklyn at Afropunk, and it's basically part museum, part fun house. Mm-hmm. So it's experiential and rooted in the history and the fun and the drama and the imagination and the absurdity and the beauty of our hair. So it's very much like you know the Museum of Ice Cream or Twenty Nine Rooms, where there's yeah. all these experiential mm-hmm. things, but often the ones around beauty. No one's checking for black women, mm-hmm. you know, and I love them. I love, I like, I love beauty con. Like I'm obsessed and I love 29 rooms and I'm looking around and having a great time and everyone's taking selfies, but I'm like, where are we? Mm-hmm. And black hair is such a religion and mm-hmm. a universe and it's so much fun and we have so much history and hysteria and ancestors and creativity and endless. It really is how we move through the world. We're resilient and we shape shift and we change and we weave and we bob. And, and so I wanted to create a space where we can have conversation, have cultural experiences, have, um, performances, mm-hmm. but also just like take really cute selfies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with black shit in the back, right. you know, like stuff that we like. So there's going to be another, um, activation. I'm real, I can't say where or mm-hmm. with whom yet, it, but in February. Cause, okay. Okay. Oh, for Black History Month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be so cute. I'm excited. Right. Wow. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Um, okay. So I think that we should do a pay black woman, and then I think we should get into that letter, which you have to stay here for, because we have to talk about that stuff. Um, Yeah, I think we'll skip the pit. You sure? Uh, Yeah, I think so. What do you think? I think the pit is more important than the letter. Um, Okay. No, we can do it that way. Okay, let's get it. Let's, let's, let's pay black women because yeah. that's primary. Yes. That's important. Okay. Um, so, who has a pay black women? Okay. All right. Cool. Let's take you. Tell us. Tell us they're coming you. around. They're coming around. Yes, they're coming around with the mic. Hi, y'all. My name is Sydney, and my pay black woman is for a young woman in Charlotte who's having issues um, paying her way into medical school. Oh. She's double majoring in biology and Spanish. Her name is Sydney, and her snap or her um, what is it? Cash app mm-hmm. is Sidabun. So S Y D A 
bun, but she's okay. just having issues paying her way into medical school because mm-hmm. it's, it's expensive, expensive. Or, yeah. and she's doing everything that she can, but she needs help, especially from black women and from everyone else who wants to contribute. Yeah. Um, and we need to make sure that we're making sure that b- black women can be medical professionals because nobody takes care of black women like black women. Yeah. So. All right. Thank you. Thank you. We have, I saw it. Did I see a hand back there or no? Okay. Anybody else? This one's for my wife. That was is that okay? Yeah. Okay. She's a black woman. Is she a black woman? She's yes. a black woman. Yes, oh, okay. she does. Right. Yes, so. okay. We have to check. That's the only check. Thing. No shame. We have to check. <laughs> All right, my my wife, she uh she does jewelry and she does uh, infinity scarves. Mm-hmm. And her uh she's at Etsy page. It's a uh Etsy or Etsy.com. And uh you search for her name, uh I'm a spirit artist mm-hmm. for her scarves and for her um jewelry. Is okay. it I'm a spirit artist I'm a, or I'm a A M A. Okay, spirit. I'm, I'm a, a spirit, spirit artist. artist. Okay. okay, cool. Here's a jewelry right here. Yeah. Okay, okay. and here's a scarf. All right. Okay. Thank Look at that you. good black right. Thank you. Yeah, let's do one more. Let's do then, one more. Okay. You have the braids. Oh, this is Um, so my play, my pay black women is this beautiful black woman right next to me. Her name is Angela Sabla. She went to school for political science and humanity studies. Human rights, mm-hmm. um, and she was an events planner organizer. I'm gonna let her speak. <laughs> Hello, Angela. Again, I was an events and operations assistant at a nonprofit at Wall Street. Unfortunately, they let me go a few weeks ago. Okay, mm-hmm. so it'd be great if I could have some help as a black woman. Yeah, yeah, tell us like, where to put, where put where our to money. Get the money. Oh, my cash app is they call me Sabla. Okay. Thank you. Dollar okay. sign in front of that. Can Thank you spell um, Sabla? S A B B L A H. Okay. Thank Perfect. you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you all. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. I think I think you're right. We should get into the pit. We were gonna do a letter, but I think we should throw somebody in the pit. Yes. Yeah. What do we do here? That's what I was like. Yeah. What, are, what are you? Let's let's the fuck, let's what throw is she some, doing? let's throw somebody mm. in the pit. Um, The new triple X has got to be more dangerous, deadlier, more attitude. Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Yes, mm. so the pit. <laughs> so for anybody who's never that? listened, <laughs> so anyone who's never listened to our show, um, the pit is where we throw people who kind of destroy Black Joy. So this is the total opposite of libation. So if you fuck with our Black Joy, we will throw you in the pit. Okay, so that is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Who are we throwing in the pit this week? A white woman, obviously. <laughs> right. So we start there, and then we work. Our way down. Um, we're throwing Lena Dunham in the pit. <laughs> yeah, we have she to actually has a she has like a residence in the pit. Like I'm, yeah. just, I'm just like, is she burnt already? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I just want her to go away. Yeah. For reference, that's that's Lena Dunham on the screen. Yeah. If you need, if you're like me, I kind of forget who my whites are. So, <laughs> just for that reference. Is, um, so is. Lena Dunham is uh, the creator of Girls, writer, actor. Um, she mediocre is a white mediocre woman. white woman, a self-proclaimed feminist, even though her feminism is white feminism and it's not intersectional. So last November, um, Lena Dunham issued a statement. Uh, one, someone who an act, actress who worked on 
uh, I think Girls, I think she was an actor on Girls, uh-huh. um, named Aurora Perino, I believe. She had accused one of Lena Dunham's good friends um, of, I'm not sure if it was sexual assault or it was harassment or something in that vein. Yeah. It was, it was sexual assault. assault. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so accused Dunham's good friend, Murray Miller. And He's a white man. He's a white man, of okay. course. Just a visual reference. Right. Murray Miller. And Murray this, Miller. Act, this actor you're talking about is a black woman? A black yeah. woman. Just for visual yes. reference. Yes. This is important. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Lena Dunham, during the height of the Me Too movement, Lena Dunham made time and used her white woman voice um, to discredit Aurora Perrineau, saying that she knows that we should believe women but in this case, Aurora's case is one of the 3% of cases that we should yeah. not believe. believe yep. And that she has inside information that lets her know that, that Aurora's claims are false, false and, and that, that she's lying. The guy is innocent. Or right. Yeah. Um, so in true white woman fashion. She's a liar. She's a liar. <laughs> yep. Baby lying. She came out recently. So she... Um, I think that she is editing this month's uh, The Hollywood Reporter or something like that. She's like special guest editor. And she wrote a whole article called My Apology to Aurora. And the title in itself yeah. centers mm-hmm. centers herself, right? So yeah. she, she dragged this woman and threw this black woman's name in the mud. And now she is centering herself in this apology. Um, so she writes this this editorial letter. And she says in the letter that she actually didn't have information and that she was just saying that to protect her protect friend. Her friend. And that's one of the tricky things about feminism. Especially, and that she yeah. feels um, it's one of the worst things that she's done in her life and she feels terrible and Aurora has accepted her apology. And then this whole kind of self... Aurora's um, a good person. Cause yeah, yeah. It would have been on site. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been on site. I got mad sisters. We would have jumped her. Like, how do you... This self kind of masturbatory thing um, of talking about herself, basically. Mm-hmm. She centers herself in this. And I just feel like, first of all, you're a liar. Let's center the fact that you lied and not that she made it like it was so... She was so conflicted because her friend was being accused. But you lied. Mm-hmm. You didn't have any... First of all, if you had information, be quiet. But you didn't have any. If you, you had no information. And it's like... You know she doesn't because she would have said it. White women like to be in like, look what I got. You know, like yeah. if you really had information, but you know what's you more disturbing is the space and the institutions that give her Platform. platforms mm-hmm. over and over and over again. It's mm-hmm. just like the White House. We know that there's lying. There's a whole GOP. There's 53 million people voted for a lie. So it's not the one liar. It's not that Trump is trash and Lena is trash because that's, you know, that's a given, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's the institutions and the structural fuckery that lets their trash live and give it voice because you know i used to run a magazine Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of people to say yes before you get to guest edit and have a cover story yeah so Mm -hmm. all these people are part of this let's keep the lena alive because we need a couple of cool white girls Mm -hmm. because you know beyonce (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean they gotta be having problems 
like we're looking at a time when you're at the AMAs where there is not a cool white girl and a cool white guy with a guitar leading. <laughs> no, I mean, I never thought in my lifetime that I would see that the pop culture is not being driven by some white boy with a guitar or some white girl that can kind of dance like a black girl. Mm-hmm. It's done. Mm-hmm. And so Lena is like this sort of, you know, hope that we can still have some intellectualism and some like, you know, uh, that, yep. and, yeah. but that's her, that's her like, plan. and I'm sure there's other more, there's other white girls that probably have much better politics, can write a new story, can like wear better clothes. Oh, and, and they keep giving, because come <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Yo, we were, we were, we were saying that in a green room around. She's not even visually like she's just not even something you want to and look you have at. We're all not this even access. talking about you have everything yeah, like, like dress better. But the thing is <laughs> but the thing is the it's the space that you keep getting. Mm-hmm. You keep getting shows, you keep getting attention, yes. you keep getting support, you keep getting even cool black girls talking about your tired white mm-hmm. ass. Like, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. whiteness as a concept, not as a person, because I have white girlfriends. You know, I'm on a case-by-case basis. But <laughs> <laughs> Which is important. I mean, I, I mean, after this election, I worked on the campaign, the Hillary campaign, and I'm sh- I was so shook. I was, it, I, you know, mm-hmm. that's a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. But I do have... There are some women, like there's Rebecca Traster and Sarah Sophie Flicker. Like mm-hmm. I have some girls that are my girls, case by case basis. Mm-hmm. As a group, I trust black women. As a group, yeah. I center black women. As a group, I love black women because the history has shown me. Mm-hmm. It's not even just that, you know, who loved me. It's also there's proof. And I got way too much proof with white women as a group of like throwing us under the bus. Mm-hmm. So I'm... I, my eyes are open to individuals doing, you know, Gloria Stein. There, there are people who say stuff with us. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be, listen, I'm trying to have an open heart. <laughs> because obviously there was white love in my history. So <laughs> obviously, obviously. So there are some good people. There are people on Freedom Rise. There are people on the front lines. There's Chris Hayes. I think he's a really great white boy. Mm. I think. Yeah. He, okay, we'll talk about that. But I'm trying to. I'm really trying I'm like, to be open going. here because I can't live through this world mm-hmm. hating it. You know. Mm-hmm. But whiteness is a problem. Yeah. But so Lena's whiteness, what she represents, is more troublesome than her you know narcissistic weird self mm-hmm. like done all her good writing and all the little furniture the little stuff that i thought she made that was kind of cool i don't fuck it mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's done your trash has yeah. covered any interesting or good work you've ever done to me mm-hmm. and i like when does she stop being important when can hollywood leave her alone just mm-hmm. go you're like no mm-hmm. garbage you have anything well my issue I generally ignore um, what's her name, Lena, because like for a while, <laughs> for a while, like why do I have to like think of this person? I didn't even watch Girls because I like visually it just if I'm gonna watch white women on my TV, they should at least be cute and be doing fun things and be like wearing cute clothes, clothes. and they weren't doing those things. Yeah. So I didn't watch that show. But the thing that irks me the most about Lena is 
how her whiteness allows her to be so mediocre. Like, I know so many black women that are like a hundred million times offer the world way more and don't have the access and are not able to do the things that they do or are not able to be known on the level of like you have to be Beyonce or Rihanna you can't just be a mediocre black girl um, for the world to fucking look at you and take notice with you and it's like why like why does she get that place and I know why she gets that place but it's just so frustrating you know and then on top of that her flawed very flawed horrible white feminism and how it's, I say often that it's usually black men and white women who kind of tell black women to choose. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're black first or if you're feminist first and all of that shit. And that this is just a clear case of why I don't fuck with white women like mm-hmm. that and why I don't fuck with white feminism like that. Like, you, I thought this was about, I thought Me Too, which was created by a black woman, was for about, black women. For black women, was about having these conversations and highlighting a lot of the sexual abuse that women experience. And girls. Yeah, women mm-hmm. and girls, thank you, mm-hmm. experience. And you silence someone in that space and you, we know you silence her because it was a black woman, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. it's just like, are you really about this life? And we know she's not, but it's like we, we get these things over and over again telling us she is not about that life at all. And But people keep and they more can... white feminists have to say what you just said. Yeah. Because it's fatigue coming from us. Yeah. Like, of course, mm-hmm. we know. Like, why are we going to be done with Lena? Mm-hmm. But where are the other white feminists who are who say center black women, let black women lead? They should be the ones really, mm-hmm. you know, putting, they should be putting oil on the pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Hmm. You have any? Someone um... say Ellen? Oh. oh. For everybody at home, somebody somebody mentioned Ellen Pompeo. Um, Okay, I think we have time to get through the letter real quick. Okay, yeah, okay, all right, cool. So, So, we're gonna do T mail, and um, we have a letter from someone that says, Keep me anonymous. That's what it says at the top. So they say, hello, Queen. Hello, Jay. I write this letter beaming with love, adoration, but most importantly, respect for you both. I have learned so much from listening to you both, to both of you and your show has helped me overcome my own bullshit and misunderstanding of other marginalized groups. I'm black and a woman, FYI. Your show has helped me cope with my bullshit job, still searching and understand myself and how I function within the world and why I do. Anyway, your J-Lo episode rung bells, honey. Y'all go back and listen to that. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, fuck Thank the you. Kardashians. <laughs> Niggas find them so intriguing when they're when it's plenty, plenty black, like real black women who walk around and are themselves every day, but they are called ghetto. They will never impress me. Lately, I have been feeling a way about singer Halsey. Can you put Halsey's? Um, yeah, there we oh, go. there okay. she go. Um, <coughs> she is a biracial woman. I just learned about her yesterday too. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. I learned about her in the green room. Right. <laughs> She is a biracial woman. In an article, she identified herself as such while acknowledging how she presents as white. She mentioned that she feels black. And while I'm not taking anything away from her because it isn't my place, while she feels black, she does not do anything in proximity to the black community. She admits she is white passing as well. I know black is and I know black is and black isn't. 
I don't know. It was just on my mind. Am I fucked up? Correct me if I am. It was just on my mind. I also love your affirmations. It's both my hope you get everything you desire. Lots of nice things that she says about the two of us. Thank you so much. Um, she says love and light. And thank you. Thank you. Thanks for, this for that letter. email. Um, so What's her music like? Does she make... What does she, she do? There's a pop. popular song. It's pop. But what is what is what would you call that? I just met her yesterday. I don't know her. <laughs> See, okay, so yeah. you just segued into Mariah because <laughs> first of all, like I'm a huge Same. Mariah fan. Same. And caution is giving me all like get the fuck out is like the theme song of everything. <laughs> it's a vibe. But you know, she's also very, very, very light skinned and, you know, bira- she's biracial, but mm-hmm. she presents, but she's been making R and R and B. Right, yeah. Right. And, you know, the people that she makes black, black centered music, mm-hmm, whether mm-hmm. it's R and B or gospel. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing when you present a certain way, but what work are you, is she, when she says she feels black? So she, what is that? What right, is feel, so she I does, feel black? She does pop music. So in the piece that I, that I read, Halsey says, I'm half black. Um, I'm white passing. I've accepted that about myself and have never tried to control anything about black culture. That's not mine. I'm proud to be in a biracial family. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of my hair. Um, and then she says, what is this? No, it's weird. (laughs) Whoever said white, I feel you on that. She says, um, one of my big jokes a long time ago was I look white, but I still have white boys in my life asking me why my nipples are brown. She said, Every wait, now wait, and, wait. No, wait, sorry, wait, wait. Quick, quick disclaimer. Quick disclaimer. As a light skinned black woman, in when I was in college, black men, um, men in general who are disgusting, would ask me if my nipples were pink. So it's a thing to inquire, like, ooh, what's going on with that? What's this light skin life is different. Y'all be having some It's it's interesting. <laughs> but of all the things that you're gonna use as an example, right. well, like this that. is a this is a clip from she did a Playboy um, interview. Oh, okay. right. All right. Okay. So just context, context. 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 Yeah. right, yes, right. Yes, yes, yes. So okay. she says, right. right. Yes. Okay. Sorry, y'all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. So she did. Yes. Yeah. So this is about three years ago in a Playboy um, Q and A. And then she says, every now and then I experience these racial blips. I look like a white girl, but I don't feel like one. I'm a black woman. So it's been weird navigating that. Um, She then says, when I grow up, I didn't know if I was supposed to love TLC or Britney, but... We know, we know both. What? Who? But we, we what know. MTV was she watching? It well, came on the same but, TRL. That's true, but you but know, there's this, a message. <laughs> and, and this is where, like, also as a reporter or as a journalist, you push back. Like, what does feeling black mean to you? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, unpack that. And why? Do you think that black girls choose between Britney and? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. they I were. I mean, I, give me more. Yes. So, mm-hmm. Or the good. Spice Girls right. and you know and just ratchet me like that and that is again the complexity of blackness gives you have these competing truths you have things that are seem contradictory mm-hmm. and that is your average black girl mm-hmm. your average black girl has this capacity to you know love i don't know maybe katie perry and and scissor at the same damn time like i just oh, I, I didn't sorry. have a quick, i'm sorry i just want to put my face i'm yeah, sorry we don't, i know we don't see like, okay. okay i didn't have a quick enough reference <laughs> I know, but I know. what i'm saying is like there are there that that in itself 
It's like, that's why I asked you in the, in the green room is like, who loved her? Meaning, mm, yeah. where did you grow up? What right. community? Because I grew up in DC. I went to Duke School of the Arts. I just, there was just so much black love and culture and, and science and just poured into me. Mm-hmm. So I walk with that mm-hmm. as a, as a frame of, I moved through the world with that. So who she loved, what kind of music she heard, where she went to school, that really informs it because she really sounds like she's outside right. of, a, yeah. of a blackness in a way that's got me like, oh, I want to yeah. like take like talk to her mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, obviously it's something to love and want and be proud. Of. Like who wouldn't be proud of being black mm-hmm. and living and making it and watching, you know, Michelle Obama sell out like yes. stadiums and yo, y'all heard about the Clintons like had to like. Put up black, um, like they weren't getting anybody to come to their <laughs> like nobody was coming. At, you know, at this t- at this time that Michelle Obama's selling out, and they had to mm. kind of fake cameras to look like there were a couple mm. people there, oh. and it, yeah, and in this, so of course you want to feel the sense of, but you can't have everything but the burden. Yeah. And I feel like that's really where people come in when we start to interrogate their hair, when they call them boxer braids or whatever. It's like you you want all the fresh shit. You want all the yeah. fun. You want the, the nails and the but you don't want the burden or the history and you can't have they don't our want ancestors. The work. They don't yeah. want right. the work. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. the work. They don't want that. Yeah. She she has um I feel like for the most part, she tries to stay in her lane, which is whatever lane she's learned, mm-hmm. right? So her dad is a black man. And so I find, I feel like, and, and from what I've heard from biracial people who have like a black mom, uh-huh. I've mm. heard that there's a difference in the way that they connect with their blackness yeah. and who's nurturing them, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, in a certain sense. way. Um, but she has called out uh, upon traveling, like hotels not carrying um, toiletries and like soaps and shampoos and things like that for black hair or hair like hers. Mm-hmm. Um, like that hair? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, like that, like that. I feel like she says things here and there. I don't I don't know um, how the person in this letter kind of talks about her distance. I don't think that she intentionally distances herself from blackness i just feel like she does like how you said she sounds like she's talking from the outside right. like who are her girlfriends right 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 yeah i don't that i say that all the time if you don't got black woman friends then mm-hmm. and you're not a black woman then something's wrong like right. you can't be fucking that man and then you don't have black girlfriends that just doesn't took it there you shouldn't. You right, should not. Like right. it just. That's why I look at J Lo. Like hmm, you don't mm-hmm. got no black girlfriends. No, she don't have like, no black like, girlfriends. You know. She doesn't. She doesn't. She well, used to. She had. She had black. Oh friends? yeah, yeah, yeah. She had black girlfriends, black um, roommates. Really? Okay. We know she's from the Bronx, but that's not. She tells talking. us every week. But, yeah, she, she does. Live- <laughs> but where she her black girlfriends now? Though. She had. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's that's. You know? But she did. Oh, for sure. Okay. okay. Oh, for sure. She did. All right. Well, that's good to know. Thank you. She auntie. did. Makes okay. me feel a little. That bit. could be mm-hmm. happening, but okay. <laughs> yeah, she does. Right. She did. You can't dance like that. You can't. <laughs> you cannot dance like she danced. Yeah. No. No. But I know. I'm not spilling anybody's actual tea. Uh-huh. But 
I know I know her some women who were her actual roommates and friends oh, okay. in That's Brooklyn. Right. Black girls. Okay. Like real black girls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like black from a distance black girls. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Auntie Michaela Angela Davis, tell us where we can find you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone wow. thank you. Um so I'm I'm light on social media these days, but I do try to like dip into um, Instagram and Twitter when I can. So um, at Michaela Angela D. I'm trying to get some writing done, so that's why yeah. I'm light. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I'm I'm there at least once a day mm-hmm. on Instagram and on Twitter. And after January, I'm gonna pop up some more because we're gonna be talking about what's coming in February. What's mm-hmm. coming with um. House of Hair. I'm really easy to find. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wherever there are some fly black women gathered, yeah. y'all will see me there. <laughs> That's usually where we see you. Yeah, no, it's real talk. Yeah, so, no, um, yeah, and I'm, um, and if it matters to me, I'll shoot it out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, thank you, thank you. We did it. We did it. High five. You know, I really want to thank. Um, the staff here in this space. Mm-hmm. Every time I've been here, I've had an incredible experience. I usually say something I feel like I, I'm nervous about later, which is great. Um, but this is this is one of the things that keeps New York fresh. Is this idea that we can have public conversations, but in a podcast form, which is really dope. But mm-hmm. we need spaces like this continuously, repetitiously, to heal and to not go crazy. And to um, affirm each other. So I just want to thank everyone here at the Green Space, at WMYC, who helped make this um, possible and who were smart enough to have this um, program today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you, WMYC, for inviting us. Yes. Um, We did it. We did. Um, So in addition to WMYC, this podcast was brought to you by... A black girl named Naima. And a black girl named Janicia. Um, with our black girl guest Michaela Angela Davis so thank you that's it